Shalom Baruchu Yaptiv Homestav Ayin Hey. Today's daf finishes the discussion of a Tvul Yoim and and his ability to eat Truma. And we begin the, the discussion of the Sugya of Petsua Daka. First, the Gemara asks, why does the Torah need to give us three separate Psukim to tell me that someone who's Tomei cannot eat Truma? Well, the Gemara explains that if we only had the Pasuk of Ad Asher Yitoher, I wouldn't know at what stage would he be allowed to eat the Truma. That's what the Pasuk says, He needs to be Erev Shemesh. He needs to wait till the day is over. And if the Pasuk only said of Hashemesh, I would think that that's only with someone who is not a Bakaparo who needs to bring a carbon. But if, but if he does need to bring a carbon, maybe he would have to wait until after the carbon is brought. And that's why the, the Pasuk tells us Ad Melois. And if the Pasuk only said Ad Melois, I would think that he would not need to toivel in the first place. And that's why the Pasuk needed to give us a third Pasuk of Ad Asher Yitoher. Our Tana, the Gemara explains, is arguing with Tana Debe Rabbi Shmuel. Because he says that a Zav is Tomei with three Riyos and a Mitzayra who's locked up for his Saras. And that's where the Pasuk is telling me they cannot eat Truma. The Pasuk of Adasha Yitoher tells me that they need to bring a, uh, their Karban. But if that's true, why do we need two Psukim that teach me Kachim? Adasha Yitoher and V'chipir Aleha. The Gemara explains that we needed both because if the Torah only told me Regarding a Yoledes, that's because a Yoledes is Tomei for a long time. It could be 80 days. But a Zov, maybe not. That's shorter. And if the Pasuk had only told me that a Zov can't eat Shuma, I would think. The Zov doesn't have a head there of Hutumechlaloi. He has to wait until his flow completely stops, as opposed to Yoledes, which ha- who has a way out. If she sees Dam, then she'd be tired to her husband. That's why we needed the pasuk to psukim to tell me both zov and yoledes. Now the pasuk tells me it says b'mayim yuva v'tomi adu erev. What's this coming to teach us? So Zera explains that's coming to tell us that even a tvul yoim should not is also to touch truma. We learned in a bright that the pasuk of v'tomi sounds like it would be tomi to everybody. So that's why the pasuk then says v'toher. I would think it'd be tar for everybody. That's why it says Vatame. What are you talking about? One is by Meiser, one is by Truma. Yeah, but how do I know which which one, the tar or the Tame, is going on Meiser and Truma? The Gemara explains that it's Mistaver, that since Truma is more Chomer than Meiser when it comes to eating it, so it would be more Chomer when it comes to touching it. And of course, the Roshanim tried to figure out how we would, what's the Havamina, that you would be usher to touch Meiser, but much to eat it. It's possible if someone else puts it down his throat without him touching it, or if he wears gloves while eating it. Alternatively, we could learn out that it's usher for Etvul Yom to touch Truma from the Pasuk of Bechol Kodesh Siga. How do we know that, that this is saying that touching is usher as well? Maybe it's just eating. I mean, how does it, all, how does it also include Achila? It says Lesiga. Maybe that just means touching. But maybe he can eat it. While he's tame, that's what the pasuk adds. It puts together the mikdash and the kodesh, just like if someone comes to the base of mikdash when he's tame, it's a chiv kares. So to touching hektish truma, if someone eats truma betumah, it's chayiv misa. Why does the Torah use a lotion of, of negia if it's actually saying not to eat it? It's just achila, no. 
the Pesach is coming to tell us that touching it has the same halachas as eating it. Now the Gemara moves into the sugya of it, Daka. Now we said, if the Koyan had not been with his wife before the Petua Daka happened, she can still eat Shuma, even though the bio that they're going to have together is Usr. It's, it's, now he's a Petua Daka. So the Gemara asks, which Tana holds that even if a woman is waiting to have Tashmish with someone who's Usr to her, that she can still eat Shuma in that state. So Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar tells us it's machlaikes between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yechanan says you could even say it's Shita's Reb Meir and we'd allow her to continue eating Shuma even after the accident since she had been eating before. Rabbi Lazar will tell us just because she was eating before doesn't mean she could still eat. If her husband, the Kayan, dies, we don't say that she can continue eating since she had once eat, eaten, once the Kedusha leaves her or her husband, then she's not allowed to anymore. Abiyachanan will say that that case is different. Because over there, after he dies, he's no longer married to her. But over here, they still are. Just now he has an Isser beyond the, the Kenyan. They're still married, though. So she would, she would be allowed to continue eating Truma. So now the Gemara asks, what is a Petsuadaka? And it explains any wound to his baitsin, even to one of them, even a puncture, or if it's dissolved or missing a piece. Rabbi Yishmael ben Yechanan ben says that he heard from the Chachomim and Kerem Yavne that if someone has only one beitza, he has the din of a natural surist, like if someone becomes sick, and becomes sterile, and therefore he is still kosher. The Gemara says... He becomes a natural Swiss, a Swiss Chama, which just means that he's like, he has the halachic status of a Swiss Chama in that he's kosher. And the Gemara challenges one of these qualifications. It says, because if someone has a punctured beta, does that mean that he's no longer able to procreate? He won't be able to have children? There was an individual who was climbing up a palm tree and a thorn punctured him in his Beitzim, and to the point where there was pus coming out, and he later fathered children. You see that even after a puncture, one can procreate. When they asked this Shaila, uh, Shmuel asked this to Rav, and Rav said, we have to go find out where these kids came from because they must be illegitimate. He could not have biologically fathered these children. Next, Rav Yehuda Shmuel says, that if someone becomes a Petua Daka, he's kosher. Rav says that's why the, the, we, the Torah uses the Lashon of Petua and not Ha-Petua. It's not that it happened to him through a sickness or if he was born that way. We learned in Abraisa, based on the Pasuk, Loyavi Petua, and it also says Loyavi Mamzer, just like a Mamzer is created through an, an, an action, so too the Petua Daka is created through an action, not through a, a, a Yedei Shemayim means. Rova says that Petsua applies to any part of his anatomy. Dach, if, he's, if it's crushed, that would answer him on any part of his anatomy. And getting cut off would also apply to any part of his anatomy. We're, and he goes through each one of these three steps. A Petsua, Bekula, means whether his actual gid is crushed, whether his baitsim are crushed, whether it's the chute baitsim which are crushed, that will pass him. Uh, wounded rat. The same would apply if any 
of these anatomical features were crushed or severed. Now, one of the Talmud HaChachamim asked Rava, how do we know that the term Petzua Daka means that that area is wounded? Maybe it means his head. So Rava answered, since he does not have any children listed after him, you know that it was his procreating abilities that were wounded. Well, maybe the, the Gemara says it could be that the reason why we didn't list the generations that come after him is because he's usher, but it doesn't mean that his children or grandchildren are usher. Maybe they're kosher. Rather, we learn it from Kairos Shifcha, just like when the Torah is talking about Kairos Shifcha, it's referring to that area of the body. So too, Petuadaka is referring to that area of the body. Yeah, but how do we know that, that Kairos Shifcha is referring to that part of the body? Maybe it's referring to saliva. <clears throat> that he's not salivating, it's just spitting from a distance. Because the Pasuk says, Shavcha, from the place where it's, it spills out from. So maybe it's referring to his nose. His nose is always running. Nose is run. It doesn't say, Bishafuch, Chorus. It says, Shavcha. That's telling me that because of this severing, it's now pouring out. But before it was severed, it was coming out like a stream. And that excludes, that doesn't sound like a nose. Because the nose never streams, that just pours out. The third option of where we, where we know the Petudaka is referring to that part of the anatomy is from a Brisa that says that a Petudaka can't come back Hashem, Le'ev Petudaka, and it also says Le'ev and Mamzer, just like a Mamzer is created in that area, so too Petudaka is referring to that area. Now the Gemara tells us that if he has a puncture <coughs> below his Atara, Beyond, on the other side, it was above the Atara. Chia Barashi says that he would still be kosher. The Atara is the furthest part away from the body. It's the Yud of the Aver on top of the Vav. Rabbi Asis argues, and he's saying that Rishuman Levi holds, that when it comes to the Atara, the Yud, any bit is Ma'akiv and it would pass. Now, if there's any bit that's left, remaining from his atara after the accident, he's still kosher. So the Gemara analyzes, where is this little bit of atara that's koshering him? Does it have to be on the entire atara or just on most of the atara? So Rava answers, it has to be a little bit covering roiv of the top of the atara. Next, Rav Huna says, if he was caught on an angle, he's kosher. But if it's cut straight, that passes him. Since it's cut straight, air will be able to flow through and will sterilize him. Chista says the exactly the opposite. He's only kosher if it's straight, because if it's straight, the zera can still leave. And Rava says it actually makes sense, Kfishitas Revhuna, that the, di- the diagonal cut is kosher. And the issue is whether ear can get in, because regarding letting out the zera, we, if someone puts a spout in a barrel, it won't necessarily let out all the wine. Now we have halacha said bishmei rev papa, that the halacha is, that if he's cut on an angle or if he's cut straight, he's kosher. As long as the cut, we're trying to figure out where is this cut that's kosher? Is it below the atara or above the atara? If it's above the atara, 
it makes sense that he's kosher. Because if it's below the atara, even if the whole git is cut off, he would still be kosher. So this question really wasn't trying to get an answer. Ravina was asking it to test Maremar. There was a story in Masa Machse with a Batua Daka that got a cut on an angle and he was kosher. He was passing that he was kosher. In Pumbadisa is also a story where the the piping in his gid for Sheikh Vazera got clogged. And instead, the Zera was coming out of the tube for urination. And Rav Bibi Barabaye held that it was kosher, that he was still kosher. Rapopi says, since you come from the family of Eliakoye, who live short lives, you're saying a short vart. If the urine does if the zera does not come out of the right pipe, it will not be able to reproduce, and therefore this person does not have the kayak. He would be puzzle. I believe it's the Khazanesh who says that in Shtana Teva, in the olden days, they used to have two tubes, one for urine, one for zera, and today we only have one. And we'll continue this discussion tomorrow. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.